Welcome to the Detecting History Podcast Extras. Hey everybody and welcome to the Detecting History Podcast Midweek Extras. Today's episode is with the wonderful Darren Booth, aka History Unearthed. And if you remember, Darren was our third guest and his main episode was first released on the 12th of September. Now, Darren has a lot of amazing top tips, so give it a listen. You're going to learn more fantastic tips on this episode, I tell you. But we're here to hear all about Darren's perfect detecting day. Enjoy. So welcome, everybody, to this week's extra section. So we've got Darren Booth from History Unearthed. Darren, thank you very much for being with us today. Um, We want to talk to you about your perfect detecting day. So everything goes right it's one of those lovely days where it's your perfect conditions everything goes fabulous um so my first question to you on your perfect detecting day is what time do you choose to set the alarm for it all depends where i'm doing really and if i'm on my own out on a or on a dig um i'm an early riser anyway so i generally get up when the sun is up um yeah but it's normally around um, without an alarm, I normally wake up around six to six thirty. Nice early bird. Uh, have breakfast. I'm normally yeah. I'm normally out in the if I'm out on my own. I'm normally out in the field by half past seven, quarter to eight. If I, if I haven't got all day, I'll get out quite early and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I love it, and with, especially in the autumn when you get out that early and the fields covered in a mist and a really mystical feeling. That's I love that. Yes, and the light as the sun comes up, the golden hour in the morning. Yes. Beautiful. And if you look at your catch the odd fox returning home after his night scavenge and things like that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Good stuff. And then it, I, I'm always a fan of morning detecting because then you feel you go out for your detecting and you've still got the rest of the day, haven't you? Absolutely, so then you can yeah. do all the, yeah. the family things. Yes, exactly. Home for roast dinner. Yeah. <laughs> And, and what about a breakfast? Are you a breakfast person or are you just a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and off you pop? No, definitely a breakfast person. Um, I hope my boss isn't listening, but sometimes I've been late because I've not had my breakfast. I've got to have my breakfast. <laughs> I will not go out the house without breakfast. If I'm really rushing, I'll make them my breakfast in a flask and then I'll just eat it on the go. But I've got to have breakfast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cereal, unfortunately, pretty boring, but um, I've got to start my day with something. And it's normally cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Got to load up some energy, ready to take you through Absolutely. the day. I like that. And what are your dream detecting conditions? So when you get up, you open those curtains. What are you hoping to see the weather's like outside? I'm not a fan of hot hot days. Sunny days with a gentle breeze, I can do them. But um, yeah, ideally it would be overcast. Um, yep. So it's just it's, it's warm enough, but not you're not roasting, um, and the ground is nice and soft. We all hate digging. Um, hard ground, don't we? And uh, the detector, the detectors don't penetrate well in hard ground either. They detect better, they penetrate better when the ground's moist. So, yeah, yeah, um, overcast day, but you don't need a coat and you can just, yeah, crack on. Nice, gentle breeze. It can get a bit bulky, can't it, when it's all a bit drizzly in the autumn or winter because then you've got your t shirt. I yeah. layer up, so I've got a t shirt on, I've got a hoodie on, and then I've got my coat on, and then I've got my rucksack on my back. <laughs> and before you know it, even yeah, if it's exactly freezing, that. you're boiling, so you're starting to have to put all that stuff in your backpack. <laughs> it can be a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah, nice sunny autumnal day where probably you've got a hoodie yeah. on, but you can put that in your bag if you need to. Lovely. Another tip, though, if you do go out on this hot day, I use um, hydration pack. The one I've got is called the Camelback. Um, but you can put, like, um, it's like a backpack, but inside it has, like, a, hide- a bladder. Yes. 
you can fill it with liquid and this has a straw which comes over your shoulder so you can literally just obviously I used to use it for mountain biking oh that's good you just drink while you're yeah. walking um but yeah i'd recommend one of them no stopping no taking your bag off to get your fast now or you just literally pop it in your mouth yeah switch it on and it flows to your mouth and you can just turn it back off and let it drop uh-huh. Yeah, camelback or hydration pack. Hydration pack. I definitely recommend that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I've, I've usually got either a water bottle with me or I'll have a can of like Coke Zero or something. Other brands are available. Yeah. Um, but then that's the kind of like you have to actually sit and finish your can because you can't obviously put your can back in your backpack once it's open. No, no. Yeah. Oh, hydration pack. Very good. Yeah, but these hydration packs, because they're on your back, the waste distributed as well, so they're not as heavy as carrying. If you get like mine, two liter. If you carry a two liter bottle Oof. with you, you'll know about yeah. it. If it's on a distributed on your back, yeah, you don't really notice it really. So yeah, I recommend that hydration. Lovely. I'm gonna have to uh, start a uh, a want list, a wish list, just based off of your recommendations <laughs> today, Darren. <laughs> okay, so what is your favourite terrain? Do you like it to be ploughed? Do you like um, stubble? pasture i think you've got a lot of that where you are what is your favorite in terms of terrain 99 of my permission to pasture mm-hmm. um i like pasture i prefer i'd say pasture is my best i prefer pasture just because the fines tend to come out better condition because they've not been rolled around in the plough or rubbed away damaged um they tend to i mean they tend to be deeper sometimes yeah uh, but they do come out in generally better condition yeah so i'd say pasture yeah although stubble fields do Whenever I see a stubble field, they always do look ap- appetizing. Normally, but... <laughs> I got a lot of that yeah, around I mean, me. The good the thing moment. about a stubble field is when they're ploughed and cropped every year, it's like a fresh, it's like a reset, isn't it? A fresh field. Anything that was too deep before is now closer to the surface. Anything you missed last year is now deeper. So, yeah, they keep the, the, the rotation just keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So, stubble fields are good for that. They are. Where um, are... Yeah, my favourite is where I am because of all of the flint in Hampshire, and we're talking giant flint, like dinner plate size flint. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I really don't know how some of this stuff grows, but it does, and it does, it grows well. But he kind of, he never does a deep plough. He always just does like a tickle of the surface. So I'm always like, yeah. how about if I pay you? <laughs> we do deep plough. It's like, the yeah, plough will not survive. That's why we don't do it. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's why I find so many bits of... Uh, bits off tractors when i am digging around <laughs> banging signal and it tends to be a tooth of a plow okay that it's a boat yeah, if you're it, a detective i was gonna say yeah actually boat bit off a tractor if you've ever uh watched the detectress the show on bbc uh they go forth and explain that all for the viewers uh but yeah lots of boats around here okay brilliant um and because you're on pasture what is your plug technique i try to ask this one because people have different ways of doing it there's recommended ways of doing it for the health of the the grass and the field but what's your preferred method of getting your plug three-sided definitely three-sided always keep one side intact that way it acts like a hinge so it literally just lifts out can look at your find pick it out and then slap as long as you dug out nicely, three-sided, it'll just hinge back in, and then the creek stands yeah. down, and it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. You can't even see where you've been there. <laughs> no, exactly. Most of the time, you stamp it down, and it's absolutely perfect. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a three-sided fan. Yeah, definitely. Good job. We're a fan of three-sided plugs. Okay, um, so what is your favourite in terms of company? Do you prefer solo with maybe one or two buddies or the group digs? 
I quite like my own company, especially when you're detecting. It's just, um, yeah, obviously the fines are what you're after, but sometimes you can just, just being alone just out there. So I prefer my own company. Um, when I do go on dates, I tend to keep myself to myself. I'll have a bit of banter with, um, you know, the folks and at, at lunchtime and things like that. But I tend to, yeah, try and keep my own space, keep out of people's way, really. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the day and the weather and the atmosphere. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Normally, quite often a solo do. Yes. Yeah, lovely. Same here. And the perfect duration of your dig. So how many hours do you tend to aim for when you go out and about? Um, again, it depends. If I'm on a dig, I'll stay out as much as I can, as long as I can. Um, when I'm on my own, if I go on my own pasture, it's normally just a couple of hours. I just um, nip out for a couple of hours here and there. And it's always hard. If you've done three hours and you've not found anything, it's always hard to leave the field with an empty hand and you're like... Well, I'll just try this patch on my way back. And I just, before you know it, you're right, you've been out hours and hours and you walk miles and miles. But um, yeah, yeah. Normally, I normally aim for about two or three hours is normally enough, really. And um, just like you said, you can get home. Especially if you do it in the morning, two or three hours in the morning, you can get home. Uh, the kids and wife have just woke up so you can make them breakfast and then you've got the day to yourself and you, no one feels like they've been robbed of your time. Exactly, and you feel like you've achieved, and your bones yeah, tend to yeah, tell you exactly. as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> your yeah. bones and your back. Yeah, I'm forty now, so that tells me you might have That is the tipping point, isn't it? When you get to forty, all of a sudden everything starts <laughs> yeah. falling apart. <laughs> okay, and what's a happy haul for you? So you go out. What are you content with when you find just a couple of this and that? What What are your things that you're like? Oh, okay, that's cool. I'm fairly happy with anything really: coppers, buckles, buttons. Uh, if I find a bit of silver old silver that's mm. normally the point of the day where i'm like okay well i've got a bit of silver now so whatever comes after this is the bonus i'll quite happily turn around and go home now um yeah 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 i mean i'm happy with anything as long as as long as it's like an idea that's perfect um something that makes sense but uh, i'm happy yeah. with it as long as it's as long as it's history um you know yeah i'm happy yeah, even the buttons, when you look at the buttons and you get an older button or a tombat button, and sometimes you can get the the buttons where you can actually read some of the writing on the back, the Victorian buttons, and then you can yeah. go off and, in, and enjoy researching where that button came from, who was the, the maker, the tailor, whatever it is. Yeah, that's always fun. If I'd, have, if I'd have saw my future self 10 years ago and they said, you will have a collection of buttons by the time you're 40, I'd have laughed, but... <laughs> Yeah, I've got a collection of buttons and I'm proud of it. <laughs> we are proud of our buttons and our musket balls and our other bit too. I've actually got like one big box in the room that's just all random stuff. And I'm even proud of my random stuff still to go through it. <laughs> yeah, All of the horseshoes and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, so you've done your dream day of detecting everything's gone perfectly the weather's been perfect you've got your bit of silver you come home what's your home routine do you come home and collapse in a heap or do you go straight to cleaning up your finds what do you do straight to um, the annoyance of my wife straight to cleaning my finds i'll go home i'll dump everything somewhere safe and then yes. i'll go straight to cleaning my finds yeah absolutely so i can post them on social media and things like that uh, it annoys my wife because yeah. I would have been out three or four hours and then I'll come home and spend another two or three hours cleaning, identifying, <laughs> photographing the finds. But um, yeah. sometimes I'll leave it, but um, when, even when I leave it, I'm itching to like, you know, when can I, I need to clean this find? What is that thing I've got over there? Yeah, so normally yeah. I'll just find it straight into cleaning them. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I literally walk in the house and I hear a voice going, not in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going in the kitchen. <laughs> well, there's another tip I've got, actually. I've, um, you can buy these Thelane buckets with a plug-in. Um, and uh, yeah, so you fill that with water and you can clean all your find there. There's just a little plug in the bottom of your twist so you can just take that over to your garden patch rental box and you just twist the plug and it drains all the water out. So um, yeah. Ah. I can't remember what they're nice. called, but uh, yeah, I'd recommend one of them as well. The bucket with a plug in it. Yeah. yeah. Get to Google and get to Google in the kitchen, in a and then you can go in the garden and empty all your water, make as much mess as you want without. Yeah, out of the way. So you don't get shouted at, exactly. <laughs> okay, fantastically. And then finally, but perhaps most importantly, what are your preferred digging snacks that you take with you to have while you're out and about? I've not really. The only time I have a digging snack favourite, something I've got to grab, is around Christmas time when the mince pies are out. Always go around yeah. a mince pie with me. Always pack yes. them. Yes. Um, awesome winter um, flask of stew or a tea. Um, just to keep you warm. Uh, recommend. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just just a boring sandwich and a banana or something sweet like a chocolate bar or a piece of cake or something like that. But yeah, the yeah. only time, like I said, the only time I've got a favourite snack is, yeah, mince pie for Christmas. I always take that whenever they're available. Normally, yeah. October is never actually to March. We've already got some stuff in the cupboard <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As soon as Halloween's out of the way, they chuck in the mince yeah. pies, don't they? But yeah, always take a mince pie out with Brilliant. I like that. I've not thought of that. I will do that this year and I will raise my mince pie in your honour <laughs> <laughs> as I enjoy it under a tree somewhere. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Darren, that is the end of the questions in uh, regards to your perfect Detecting Day. Thank you so much. No Thank, Thank you for, for being me. such a wonderful guest, guest on the Detecting History podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Lovely. Take care. Thank you. Extras part two. This week's ultimate bucket list, a list item chosen by Darren, was a Pilgrim's Ampula. A Pilgrim's Ampula was a religious souvenir made out of lead that Pilgrims acquired in the medieval period. These small, often decorated items were thought to contain holy water. Loops found on ampulas point to these objects having been worn, as they could have been threaded with string or chain. The Surrey Heritage Site quotes Anderson in 2010 and Lewis in 2014 as speculating that the holy water contents may have been drunk for healing properties, or perhaps poured onto the ground before throwing the empty ampulla into the field to help bring a good harvest. Okay, that's the end of the Extras episode this week. Catch you next time.